Even though Kylie wasn't the first artist to be offered the song, I don't believe anyone else would have done the incredible job she did with it, said singer Kathy Dennis in 2001. Dennis was working with songwriter Rob Davis under contract for Universal Publishing to make new material for the music publisher. The two knocked out the demo for what would become a number one hit in over 40 countries in the course of roughly three and a half hours. The process was simple. Davis generated a 125 beats per minute drum loop and accompanied it with some acoustic guitar, and Dennis sang the vocals, starting with the improvised line that would eventually become the song's title. Davis and Dennis offered the song to S Club 7 and singer Sophie Ellis Bexter, but neither one wanted it. The track eventually made its way to Kylie Minogue's A&B executive, who immediately recognized it as a club banger, and indeed, the track did bang at clubs. Everything from the simple electronic composition to the repeated use of the phrase la 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 made this song insidiously catchy, firmly cementing itself in the popular consciousness to this day. That's right, we're talking Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head on Cover Me. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one's loving is all we think about. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my forever and ever and ever and ever co-host. Amen. And Alex Mildenberger. Amen, Lix Mildenberger. No. Savior? No. Alex. Alex. Here we are for the first time in a week. Talking very together. First how are you doing? Yep. Um, how am I doing? I'm doing okay. It's all it's all fall over here. And uh it's, all it's fall. looking good outside and it hasn't snowed yet. Which at this time last year I'm pretty sure we were in the midst of a snowstorm. So that sounds like Calgary. Yeah. So it's uh it's a nice nice autumn. Autumn. Yeah, hey, what kind of what kind of car do you drive in fall? An automobile. <laughs> but only in the fall. Only in the fall. Joining us today, a special guest here to break down pop music that Alex and I are really not qualified to be talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, join us for the first, and everybody in between and outside of those two words. Joining us for the first time in over a year, it's Greta James. Hello. Hello, Greta. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing just fabulous. Um, tell us everything you know about Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. She is an Australian pop icon who is also, she's got a big scene in the UK and all that stuff. So You also mentioned she was, a, uh, she was an actor in a certain show. Yes. Neighbours. Neighbours. Have you guys heard of Neighbours? No. So it's, no. um, it's an Australian TV show and it's like, I don't know what to compare it to. For Canada, because it it plays at prime time, but it's like a soap opera TV show. Okay. But there's a better version of Neighbours called Home and Away. So that I used to watch that every day, Monday to Friday, five thirty p.m. And then Neighbours came on Channel Two, and Kylie wasn't on it at the time, but I knew that that's where she broke out into the scene, found some fame. Interesting. Um, Greta. Yes. So what's your connection to Kylie Minogue? Did you guys used to hang out together? No, I'm not actually Australian, despite okay. what Stephen Reynolds says. Um, I, when Kylie first came out, I didn't like her that much. Um, I think because my mum didn't like her that much. 
but then once I was 18 or 19. Wait, hang on. Just what was your mother's objection okay. to Kylie Minogue? Yes. Okay, so I asked my mum this past week what she thought about Kylie Minogue. And she said, and it's a quote, that she thinks that Kylie is the most whiny Australian bitch there is. Um, Strong words. Yeah. So maybe that's why I didn't like Kylie that much, because I was influenced by my loving, caring mother, who mm-hmm. has nothing but nice things to say about anybody. Um, but my mum also told me a story that my brother, I don't know how old he would have been, but apparently he had a crush on her and he bought her album because he liked her. And then after listening to it a couple of times, he threw it out. So, but Kylie's definitely not my brother's taste, music wise. But yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. So Greta. Yes. This song specifically. Yes. Why do you, why do you, why do you love this song so much? Um, it's a good song. I don't think I can listen to the song and not sing along or not do a little dance to it. And it's just, as well, like I have a little fond memory of Kylie Minogue when I was, I would have been 18 and I was, there was one gay bar in Christchurch called Cruise and I was having some pre-drinks at my friend's house and there was a guy there he had a crush on. And then the guy would not shut up about Kylie Minogue when we were at the house. And he kept talking about her. And he's like, she's the biggest star. She's, she's an idol. She's bigger than Madonna. She makes the most money. And I was like, okay. And then we were in the club. And I don't know if it was this song, but it was a Kylie song came on. And he, like, grabbed me. And he was like, it's Kylie, bitch. <laughs> so, like, it was like a habit after that night whenever I heard anything from her. So I'd be like, oh, it's Kylie, bitch. She's the original Kylie. There's no Kylie Jenner, just Kylie Minogue. Just Kylie Minogue. So you are, would you say you're a big Kylie fan now, or just like you like this single? Um, I'm a moderate fan. I don't know all of her stuff. I do, yeah, this is probably my favorite song of, of, song of hers, or maybe Spinning Around. That one's a good banger as well. Dude, I'm not familiar with Spinning Around. Alex, any familiarity? Uh, no familiarity. No. It's okay. A, it's a good song. She wears little like hot pants in the video. This was that was before "Can't Get You Out of My Head" though. Okay. And I'm pretty sure she dated dated Robbie Williams or Robin Williams. No, Robbie Williams. I get them confused. Definitely the, not the Robin singer. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> they did like a couple of duets together. I don't know if they banged. The duets or them. Them. Okay. <laughs> um, gotcha. And also. I don't, I like Kylie, but I'm a little jealous of Kylie because she used to be, I don't know if she was in a committed relationship, but her and Michael Hutchinson from In Excess had a thing. And he's a real stud. He's a real stud. Well, he was a real stud. Uh, Greta, Kylie versus Lord. What's the, what's the take? Oh, Kylie. Betraying your own New Zealand yeah, blood. But Lord is, she's, she's like a little bit entitled now i feel is she well she i remember she did a statement she acting like she's royals <laughs> no she she released a statement i don't know when it was but it was a few years after royals came out and she just said that she hates that song and like she regrets it and it's kind of like well that's the song that kind of threw you into the music scene like you can't <laughs> resent something that gave you a chance to do what you do now i think a lot of artists or- have to go through that kind of phase where they like regret where they, you know, after five to ten years of performing the songs night after night, start to yeah. feel like it's too much. And then often they'll come around again later, but they'll get bored at first. Yeah, we've talked about some songs. For some reason, I feel like Eddie Money's uh, 
Yeah, didn't he say um, it was like a bubblegum pop song or whatever? His, um, take me home. Yeah, take me home tonight. I think he didn't like that song, but he was happy that it resurrected. Uh, it wasn't Ronnie's, Tina Turner, it was Ronnie was it? Spector. Ronnie Spector's career, yeah. But then that would be like Kylie saying she hates this song, but I read somewhere that she performs this song. Since she released it, she's performed it at every concert except one. Or something. So she's Yeah. I think some people really like appreciate when a song of theirs becomes part of like the monoculture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Alex, tell Alex. me about your relationship with this song. Not a whole lot. It was you, you told me about it. I certainly didn't know it by name. Uh I thought you said can't get it out of my head. Like <laughs> by oh yeah, by yellow, uh, song. yellow. And I was like, that's because we were talking about doing songs we wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, first thing. And I was like, no, that's not right. (laughs) That's the song (laughs) I would always think of. Um, But uh, as soon as I heard the La La La's, the La 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 segment, like that is the part of this song I recognize. And that's pretty, I guess. And yeah, that section comes right off the bat, too. It's the the rhythm lines introduced and then it's vocals. (laughs) Yeah. So Alex, did you know Kylie before? I was like, vaguely familiar with the name. I think I had heard of her as an Australian singer, but that was pretty much it. Pop princess. Like mm, I, I knew, I it, knew of the name sort of as part of the uh, vague amorphous blob of pop singers that I've been exposed to in some form over the years, but never really dug into. That's fair. Yeah, that's that. That mirrors my own relationship with yeah. it. It's it's one of those songs that it like it's ingrained in my mind. Like I recognize it as a song that was played in my youth, and but it never even came into my thoughts until probably it would be like 2018. I I started listening to the Flaming Lips, and spoiler alert, they do a cover of it, and mm-hmm. I heard that. And first off, it's so different from the original that you start hearing the lyrics, and you're like, wait a second, like I know this song, and you're yeah. like, oh shit, seems primal it's also a song where like i don't have a frame of reference for when it started existing september 8th 2001 which is like like not before my earliest memory but before a lot of coherent things well as we know the simulation we're living in started in on september 11th 2001 so true this has just been pre-programmed into our memories true it's always been there always yeah, it's a it's it's a foundational song for pop culture in some ways. I feel. So, wait, do you guys know anything else from Kylie, like Locomotion or anything? Nope. Well, I know the Locomotion. I don't know what version. I it's like the they. It's a song that gets played at weddings. I don't know if it was the what, Kylie like, Minogue version. Oh my Like know. everybody's doing she... a brand new dance now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I'm might have Minogue that confused. I know. I might have that confused. She did. I should be so lucky. I should be so lucky, very, very lucky. I think she did. No, it's yeah, hitting nothing yeah. with me. Mm. Nothing, nothing. I could, I could be talking out of my butt, guys. So. Well, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, let's let's just fucking chew up these lyrics. They're probably award-winning for the easiest lyrics we'll ever discuss on this podcast. Uh, that's what, we've said that before. We've said that before, but these ones, <laughs> these ones seem going to be a quick one. <laughs> Um, I will say about these, I'm not totally on board with the segment names again, probably for the third week in a row um, on Genius, Uh, Mm -hmm. because the thing it calls a verse is 
repeated several times um, verbatim and has the title of the song yeah. in it. So it really doesn't seem like a verse. It really seems like a chorus. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, and a quote on the the Wikipedia page says, the song does not follow the common verse-chorus structure, but is composed instead with numerous fragmented sections. According to Davis, it breaks a few rules as it starts with a chorus and in comes the la-la-la. So even writing my notes, I didn't know what to refer to as a verse or a chorus. And I never thought of it previously. But it definitely like all bleeds into one another. Like it's it's hard to distinguish. Yeah, there's almost there's almost just like two courses. Yeah, or it's one large of. course. The la la la's and the and the I can't get you out of my head verse segment. Yeah, I kind of thought of it as like a chorus, a hook, and then two verses. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair look at it. Uh, Nonetheless, although Genius describes what I called verses as pre-choruses. So, I mean, if you think about it, anything that comes before a chorus is, is a, pre-chorus. a pre-chorus. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. So it starts with la la la's. La la la. La 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 la. la, la, la. No, oh, I think the also, la la la's. That's I- another thing my mum did. I'm sorry. When she was talking about Kylie, she was saying she was annoying, and mum's like, and she just mimicked that for a few minutes. Oh yeah, I could see how that would be annoying. Yeah. Oh, well, like I said, it was on repeat when it came out. But anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. That Greta, what's yes. your take on the La La Laws? Um, what's my take on them? Yeah, do they serve any any lyrical significance? Um, I guess in a way, when you're like, I don't know, there's movies where like a girl is portrayed as like she's got a crush and she's twirling her hair and she's like, La La La. Like, I guess in that way, she's just kind of, I don't know, maybe pure and infatuated or something yeah it does play in uh, i think to that sort of lightheaded idea of love alex what is, what did you are you on a similar um, track I, I am now i i didn't give them much thought before now but but i mean that that does make sense that yeah i, I believe it. i think i think that, that once we play them in contrast or like in concert with the verse where she says i just can't get you out of my head it's this is all she's thinking about and so it's that that lovey dovey space was like la la la. Right, Does she's totally distracted by this romance. Yeah, and kind of um, skipping through the field and ignoring. Other yeah, things. that that kind of vibe, that very uh, that soft soft filter, you know. Yeah. Skip skipping through the fields. Yes. All right, that's the intro. So that's la 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 repeated four times. <laughs> then we come to the verse. I just can't get you out of my head. Boy, your loving is all I think about. I just can't get you out of my head. Boy, it's more than I dare to think about. Greta. Yes. Tell us what this means. Um, she's just obsessed with this guy. But my question is, is has she already been with this guy? Or is it something that she's fantasizing about potentially being with him? Alex, what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Um, let's see if the verse... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, it, it seems to me, my first impression would be that she's... Oh, f- I keep going back and forth. Uh, I think it works both <laughs> ways, kind of. Like, it could be a, a fantasy about a particular person she's infatuated with, or thinking about a person she has been with, or is with. So... Yeah, I think it can it all be kind of works. I think it's open to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be part of what helps this song stick for people is it's very easy to apply to whatever your own mental romance situation is. Yeah, it kind of works as a 
Well, I guess it's, it's more than I dared to think about, which would maybe be implying that she doesn't want to think about getting this person out of her head, which would imply perhaps that it is an existing relationship. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, like I thought at one point as well, is she like trapped? Is it a little bit toxic? I don't know. Ooh. I don't know why I have to make it dark, but well, the I think the well, there's a darkness. Position plays to that a little. There is a bit of a darkness a dark to it. Um, with the line, it's more that I than I dare to think about. I think she doesn't want to analyze how obsessed with she is because oh. it's a, like it underlies an unhealthy thinking right. pattern. Right. Uh, yeah, like thinking about thinking about him. Yeah, mm. she thinks about how obsessed she is. She's gonna she's gonna uncover some some horrible truths about herself yeah. and her connection to people. At least that was my read on it. That makes sense. Um, so that's the the two big parts. We get into what they call what Genius calls the pre-chorus. Um, Alex, what did you call it? A bridge? I just called it a verse. It's called it uh, the only true verse. Yeah. Um, every night, two. Every day, the one one of two true verses. All right, Alex. <laughs> fine. Every day, every every night. Sorry, every night, every day, just to be there in your arms. Won't you stay? Won't you lay? Stay forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. I did not know that she said, won't you lay? I don't know what I thought she said. It's a bit promiscuous. Yeah. It's, this is, we're, we're injecting some horniness in with this one for sure. Yeah. She seems a little bit desperate for his affection or attention, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the, the implication with won't you stay is that he is being distant and attempting to leave. Yeah. It seems to be. Well, I... I would always think stay is like, you know, you go on a date, have a little right, kiss at the front late. door, and you're like, stay. But then, then she says lay, so then that's obviously sex. Mm. Yeah, and then again, uh, playing on this very unhealthy love concept, stay forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um, and then you just keep saying and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, it's very, like, obsessive. Mm-hmm. Every night, every day, uh, I just to be there in your arms. And again, we don't know the the actual relationship here, whether it's some strange dude she's looking at at a club, a dude she's just met and is in a relationship with, or has been in a relationship or something. Like, it's it's very open. Mm-hmm. And then we come to uh, the second second true verse, where she says, There's a dark secret in me. Don't leave me locked in your heart. Set me free. Feel the need in me. Set me free. Stay forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. See, I almost thought for a bit there that she wants, like when she's saying set me free, like in a way it's kind of like, yeah, like give her what she wants, but at the same time, like does she just want to be out of it as well? I don't know. Like, yeah, no, I think she definitely just wants him. What are your thoughts, Alex? It's a bit confusing because it seems like she's contradicting herself, maybe, because she's saying, hey, you don't leave. You stay here, but also set me free and don't leave me locked up. Uh, The rest of the song hasn't really suggested that, like, she's trapped in a relationship necessarily, Um, Mm -hmm. other than that it's like her own obsession, sort of. Right. So it it is confusing that she is talking about this. What's the dark secret? Maybe, Does maybe it is just like a crush. She's locked in yeah, their heart. Sort of and plays to that, that crush idea, yeah. and that she's like, you know, uh, give me the chance. It's a dark secret to me, and that secret is I'm wicked horny for you. 
Um, don't oh. don't leave me locked in there. So Let me free to set me free to, and allow me to like allow this relationship to happen, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Eric Andre gift where he gift where he's <laughs> let me know, out, let me out, let me in. <laughs> oh, let me in. That's right. It's yeah, it's let me in. <laughs> uh, also, like the feel feel the need in me thing is another like cry for desperation. Like she just, I don't know, like she can't go on without. Yeah, and the cry for thing. connection as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it does imply that this uh, this boy, ha- there is some distance in there. Mm. She's trying to trying to bridge that gap. And I think as well when she's saying "stay forever and ever and ever and ever," that's almost quite um, childish as well. Like going back to the la la las, because mm-hmm. it's not like you go backwards and forwards in an adult relationship and be like forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. You hang up forever, no. Yeah, it's this sort of naive idea. It's just like, I'm going to be in your arms forever. Yeah. Like thinking that this is something that's going to be a forever thing. And yeah. Set in stone. And those are the lyrics, um, unless you guys have any further insights. I mean, there's more la-la-las. Yeah, buddy. There's a lot more la-la-las. I feel like with these lyrics as well, probably maybe with the la-la-las, like obviously you can dance to the music, but I feel like you can dance to the lyrics as well. This is my little observation. You know how there's like the Lady Gaga poker face and everyone does the, the hand next to the face? Right. Like I feel like the la 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 is like introducing like Vogue looking Madonna movements or something. Yeah, there is a, a good rhythm to the, the vocal melody on this. Yeah. Uh, which that's a great segue into talking about all the sounds that go on in here. <laughs> um, Alex, sounds. guide us. Let's, let's go through the sounds. Um... Uh, so, well, supposedly, first of all, this was all programmed on, I believe, a Korg Triton, which just yes. like a big MIDI workstation. Um, it's just a big pitchfork. So, yeah. Um, let me see if I can find the beginning of my notes. Um, a bat? That doesn't sound right. Hang a on. Bat? I got to work through my own typos real quick here. Um, boots and cats is that what you're trying to say uh, it, certainly <laughs> just does. Shorten it. Um, it comes in with like, oh a beat it's a beat uh, yeah yeah so it comes in with like a drum machine and and this um kind of bassy synthesizer of this boom 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 uh, right the, and, the sort of rising and falling pattern that synth does yeah the riff itself is like quite syncopated um, oh, sorry. That's the rising and fall one. Uh, the one I was thinking of was a do 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 do, and it's coming yeah, in on the back, playing along with that rhythm. Yeah. yeah. So you get this um, like drum beat rhythm that's very focused on the f- for, for the beat, the downbeat. That's what it's called. Um, and then this synth rhythm that is very focused on the backbeat. Yeah, kind of playing and it's back doing and the, forth there. Yeah, and doing the chord changes as well on that synth, right? Do mm-hmm. do do. Yes, and yeah. then the do 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 like do, 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 ascending do. descending synthesizer, and that's like the backbone of this track. That's pretty, pretty much, much there throughout. Yeah, it stays throughout. There's also this weird like like sound, just very mm-hmm. briefly. Uh, it doesn't come up much, but it's kind of like charging. And there's also like the little meow sounding. Meow. Things. It's like, well, it's like. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, like another synth that comes in a little more buzzy. Does that come in later? Yeah. Let me see if I can find a spot here. 
Alex, is there any, like, not a acoustic, but real instruments in this? Like, not just... Not just electronic? Yeah. Supposedly, there's a guitar. I don't think it comes really? in until later, though. Because they're looking up the song, like, m- they said it was all done on the Korg Triton except for the guitar part. But it's hard to tell which of these is a guitar part, because it all sounds like synth to me. Yeah, mm. I didn't notice it. And there is, yeah, like, an almost more, like, e-piano synth as well. Like doo 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 doo. Yeah, that comes in. I think a little bit later. Yeah, a little bit later. Um, you said, "Oh, Greta, was there some realization?" I thought the the meows were coming up. Ah, that. Uh, yeah. Oh yes, it's on the uh, "Won't You Stay" section around one twenty five. There, Alex. That meow meow meow. The like charging thing. Um. Oh, I know. I think that might yeah. be the guitar. Oh, yeah, that could be a guitar. You could like, uh, yeah, a little filter action on them. That could easily be a guitar. Yeah, yeah that's kind that of my sense. guess, but I'm not sure. It's very resonant. Um, yeah. But but it's hard for me to tell if that's actually the guitar. That was my best guess. Uh, but, yes, that also that's this uh, also part. Also, this part also has that organ you were mentioning. And that organ kind yeah. of, there's kind of like two parts. There's that. Um, ascending, descending uh, synthesizer, and then there's the mm-hmm. organ, and they kind of alternate them at first, and I believe later on bring them both in together. Yeah, I believe you are correct, Alex. Yeah. And um, yeah, this yeah, if, this song like there's a lot of synth stuff, but it's not as like layered and complex as a lot of like later synth production. This is still 2001, so it's not mm-hmm. like super duper complex. Yeah. It's not like overwhelming either. Like I yeah. think older people can listen to this song and not be like, "What's this rubbish?" Even though they probably do anyway. Yeah, it's not yeah. like some of it's not like textury. It's everything is kind of serving a purpose, traditionally speaking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the just rhythm a good or song the beat or mm-hmm. the whatever. Now, in the higher end, around two forty, I notice what sounds like a synth string section. They do bring some some strings in. Yeah. Later on. I don't remember exactly when. Around 2.40. I don't hear it. It's like really up in the... It's very... And it's just kind of like a sustained note. Like a... Oh, like, like with her singing. Like it's almost harmonized or something. You hear it now? Yeah. Just... Yeah, see that? Uh, it's very faint. Yeah, uh, around three uh, ten, it's a little more involved. Okay, let let's see if I can hear that. <laughs> it's doing like a descending pattern. Up. Well, it's very faint. Hard to pick. Yeah, up. It, if you if you bump up your volume oh, here it on is. Spotify, there it'll. I've got it. I feel like it just matches yeah. her voice, yeah. though. Like yeah, I'm... it's just holding like high, fairly high notes on it, like string synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it. Sometimes it takes a bit to pick it out <laughs> mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, let's it's see. Subtle. Is there any other neat little synth things? Um, I didn't pick out like a whole bunch of like cool little effects or anything. But it's really like like you said that one. Uh, the the beat is like the backbone, and then there's a few kind of synth changes around that, but it stays pretty consistent in that in term in that regard. Um, yes, the the string synth also gets some play in the in the verses. Um, it's lower though, and it's 
it's easier to pick out yeah at that at that part yeah now uh, the the main reason I bring up the the synth strings is that in 2012, uh, and Greta can talk about this a bit. Kylie Minogue did a uh, I think it's called the Abbey Road Sessions album, which is like orchestral uh, covers or, or remixes of her her back catalog. So this is one of the songs she does with a, an orchestra background rather than electronic instruments. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I haven't listened to the whole album. But I came across it, and I do like me a good orchestra thing. So I thought it was – it had a different feel to it, though. Like, it wasn't so juvenile. Mm. Um, but she still did the La La's. I feel like – I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I feel like it might have been lower. Right. More like some of the, like, slow acoustic covers we'll talk about. Um, no, slow I feel like, it's like the tempo was the same, but I feel like like the, the tone of the voice, yeah. like, it was – just a lower, yeah. Lower but then at the same time, I'm gonna argue that I think there was also just more of like a, like she covered more of a range though. Like she went okay. really high as well. Yeah, you got to go big to match a big orchestra behind you. Yeah, but That's it was true. it was good, and I'm a little bit sad that it wasn't on the list. And if I had <laughs> known what I was going to be on, I would have suggested it earlier. But it was a good cover. Yeah, so that's something people could check out if they're interested in it. The Kylie Minogue 2012 cover. Now let's talk about her vocals, because that's really all Kylie Minogue actually contributed to this. Aww. I mean, it's true. She didn't, yeah, she didn't she's just this. a vocalist. On Wikipedia, it's like instruments, vocals, and then yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, what do we all think about these vocals? They're very a little bit whispery. A little yeah, bit she's of got double a kind of like them, voice, and it's yeah. pretty good. I, I don't have any complaints. No complaints. Do you have any any positives? Any positives? Um, not a lot of those either. Like it's it's fine as a pop voice. Like I'm not. Yeah, I feel like it slots in just right. And yeah. since pop music doesn't like fucking grip me by the head or anything, it's just like, oh yeah, this is what it should be. Yeah, but and I like, like when she sings. Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. I was gonna Who? say, I like when she does the. Oh, I'm going now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, go, I mean, go she right does ahead. a, like, well, you stay. She gets, like, really high. Mm-hmm. And then that, like, links back to when I said, I feel like it's easy to dance to the lyrics and maybe it's easy to dance to her voice because when she does that, you just want to, like, flail your arms around and be like. Ah. Right. It guides you pretty easily moment to moment. You're like, and that's when this happens. Yeah. Okay. But then, I don't know. Like, I, I am a bit of a, I don't know, a product of pop culture and i do i do like it. i think like, she's not like just 2d i don't think she's boring or anything like she mm-hmm. does like the this dark secret of me and she's kind of like not spooky but she's you know she goes it's lower dangerous. for it she's got an edge yeah, yeah. and, and, and the I'm, I'm not gonna like call her a bad singer or anything it, it does no. harken back a little bit to uh last week we talked about uh Blondie, we talked about Debbie Harry and how she sang that song in a way that was kind of like dreamy and airy. And this, I mean, that's sort of Kylie Minogue's default, but it fits with this song for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's that's... not someone that you would like rave as a really good singer. Like she's got a phenomenal voice. Yeah, but she's, she's not, not bad or belting anything. it or anything. But yeah, no. she's, she's serving a good role yeah. here in this. But then it also makes me think, like, especially when. A Star is Born came out of Lady Gaga when they redid it. Because mm-hmm. I'm so used to her being poppy and I'm like, okay, like she's not that great. But then when she sings, like she can actually sing. So I wonder if Kylie really has more of a voice that she can project out. But it's just, 
on the back burner because they want her to be right because they need her to be this sort of like good karaoke song. Yeah, yeah that's so like her her established character voice. I, and I mean, yeah. she's been at it for such a long time. You'd think by now she'd be able to sing to in do what she wants. different ways. I would expect that she's probably like a very skilled singer, but I wouldn't say that necessarily comes across in this song. Not the and yeah. that it doesn't necessarily have to either. It works mm-hmm. for the song. Yeah, it's a club banger. It's it's about yeah. making it's bangs and clubs, catchy. man. Bangs and clubs, and it bangs in clubs. Um, and that's that's the song. That's what the song sounds like. Everyone. Yeah. Great song. Great song. Let's talk about the music video. Let's talk about the music video. Um, the music video was directed by somebody. I <laughs> I drew something. Don Shadforth. That's the one. It's a very futuristic music video. Like even in the beginning when she's on like the highway and it's just her and she's got like a and fancy it's just car cutting edge CGI. Cutting edge baby. And she's driving a yellow car in a black and white And I'd just world. like to say Half the time when she's driving, her eyes are closed. So it's yeah. lucky that there's no one else on the road. And she just kind of like Cutting fiddles edge. around with the stick shift. And you're like, I don't know if Kylie Minogue knows how to drive a manual vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> she's more obsessed with the rear view mirror, mirror, just looking at her reflection. Yeah. Singing. So yeah, she's driving through some CGI future utopia. Yeah, the and light's then... very like bright. Everything's reflective and like kind of bloomy. And then a bunch of dancers yeah. come out, and they're just wearing black and white. Yeah, they're at, like, a park, and they're dancing. So instead of having, like, those Tai Chi classes in the morning, there's just <laughs> just youthful women and boys dancing. It does look like that. And everything's concrete, though. Like, there's flower beds, but the park is just concrete. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's like a white concrete, you know? Yes, everything's white and shiny and bright. Yeah. Um, we get lots of close-ups on her face and her, her lips. Apparently that was a big feature of her. And one thing they wanted to, to, to focus on was her big old lips. Definitely. I saw yeah. one comment Yeah. and it said that she looked like an alien cause she's so skinny and she's got the big lips, but as well, like in the music video, like she's so close to the camera and like, cause the lights in her eye, her pupils are just so tiny as well. Like it's just a little bit creepy and <laughs> yeah it's trying it to is, be it is a little sexy. Bit. yeah and she's not doing like soft like facial poses or anything like she's she's roughing it up like yeah. she's not trying to be pretty but she is still pretty though like she's oh, yeah, gorgeous but, not, but like, like traditional yeah pretty in that sense she's going for these more harsh future <laughs> angular kind of things but did yeah, you see the comment angular. um like in those close-up scenes and she's wearing that white hoodie mm-hmm did you see what the designer the, said the about it? The costume designer. Oh, yeah. I believe I have the <laughs> quote here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, there's the cord Triton. Um, what was she said? Because she said... I'm gonna put it, it was pure, but kind of slutty at the same time. Hang on. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so British fashion designer and Minogue stylist William Baker described the choice of the outfit, saying it was pure, but kind of slutty at the same time. Yeah. That's great. I read that. Well, because like, it's, it's white? Hilarious. Yeah, so you get that white purity, and then there's just that plunging neckline and that just, goes down to like. Yeah, and her legs come out either side as well. Like it's yeah. got like the. She's up like, to you, like. She has like a sash on, basically. Yeah, it looks like her boobs could jump out at any moment. Like it's, uh, I suspect there hit. was some there was some nipple airbrushing in the pr- production of. <laughs> there this would have video. been like like fashion tape, so she didn't pop a titty. Yeah, sure. I, I think they would have rig it to the suit. 
Magnets, probably. Magnets, Maybe shed some piercings sure. in, just chuck some um, magnets on the inside. I guess the other thing to note, uh, I seem to recall a lot of music videos from around this time featuring a singer singing very close to the camera, like sticking their face in the camera. Sure, yeah. Um, like Britney that, Spears or something? Does that sound right to you guys? Is that something you remember? Not really, but in, I think the year after this, or yeah, the year after this, the Flaming Lips dropped the music video for uh, Do You Realize, which also had a lot of close-ups on faces. It did. There was this reality show back home, and they would recreate music videos, and they did a, like a lot of ones from around this era. And when they did the close-up shots, they would play the music like double time in real life and the people would sing along. And then when they <laughs> would edit it, they would slow it down. So that's when it's like really dramatic and like a long every kind of thing you do with your face. Okay. Maybe that's what they did for her. I don't know. Maybe. Hard to say. But yes, yeah, so you get a lot of close-ups on her face that singing stuff and then... She's dancing in this like white space in that that white kind of hoodie thing with yeah, the deep neckline. She starts outside and then it becomes inside somewhere, some white space yeah. somewhere. And then there's a bunch of other dancers who are Das models. Yeah, they're in this sort of reddish orange with plastic cone headwear. Like almost COVID protection wear. Yeah, at least on the dudes. The ladies kind of have like this megaphone set up or, like, or it's like yeah, around their heads. They've got like the handmaid's get... tail hats on. Yeah. The guys have just plastic on their faces. Yeah, exactly. Um but seriously, they they look like um they look like craft work because it's like reddish and black ties. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one thing that it was saying that the dancing is meant to represent like what's attractive in like typical Western culture. Like it's all rigid and controlled. Mm-hmm. But then they compared it to Beyonce's baby boy, because that came out. Maybe it might have been the beginning of 2002. And they're saying, like, that's more, like, kind of sensual and free-moving. And that's just what's attractive in different cultures. Oh, yeah, right. And that was an, it was, yeah, it was an academic essay, I think, that talked about it. And also mentioned how that's sort of the portrayal of white beauty versus black yeah. beauty as well. Yeah, like, she's controlled and, like, she's the one that she has to follow these strict guidelines. Yeah, she's very, it's very, like, crisp and clean, whereas, yeah. like, black is more primal. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I also read the Wikipedia page for this song. What do you think, <laughs> Alex? Uh, I think a few, you know, some stuff every, you know, it's just, it's like whatever, man. <laughs> Alex as insightful as always <laughs> um, So once we do this We get to uh, sort of It's the city at night now We get Kylie with curly hair Dancing in this I've called it like a shingle kind of dress It's got the yeah. little like, fringe or whatever on it It's, it's like it's silver like a, now and A metallic shingles, flapper dress Yeah She looks really cool in this shot I love her hair She looks like the most kind of softest And approachable Maybe she's been set free. Yeah, it is sort of in contrast to the the sort of sharper visuals we've been given. Yeah, and she's not she's not doing like the strict dance routine. Like she is just kind of like swinging her hair around and yeah, yeah. cutting loose. Um, we had random screenshots of people in black. Um, these ladies are dancing. All the dudes are wearing headphones, and then the dudes start dancing. The city lights start pulsing in the back, kind of like audio like bars on a on a mixing machine. Do they? Yeah. Alex, am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. Um, one thing, and this is kind of subtle and possibly not true, but it seemed to me that the the backup dancers were kind of dancing in a more robotic fashion. Um, and then Kylie 
is kind of that, but there she has some little subtle things that's a little bit more uh, freestyle. Do I you guess. mean in, in that last dancing, mm -hmm. Alex, or do you mean kind of throughout? But I guess she's a lot more like yeah, like club dancing at the end. So yeah, and they all strike some of these similar poses. It's true. Yeah, like it's mostly the same. I feel like. She has a little more freedom to do other stuff. But I guess that's how uh, backup dancing works. So maybe just... Yeah, maybe you've, <laughs> like, what you've just noticed is choreographed like, dancing. Yeah, they're choreographed, and she's maybe a little bit less of a professional dancer. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and perhaps uh, it's like a day-night thing as well. Like, she's a little more free at night. Mm -hmm. oh, Doesn't have to yeah. follow society, man. Man. She can go to the club and dance to bangers that's right baby yeah and we do cut to the the nighttime dancing on the line set me free mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's when she's not doing the the strict dancing she's just doing whatever she wants yeah you see you got lights and stuff running in the back yeah i see it now and then it, it, further it does more of the like i was distracted by music. a cool dress and that's the music video People. Yeah, it's mostly dancing. It's a dancing music video. It's a dancing music video, and that's sort of the base. We talked about it. We covered the original. Let's talk about some covers. Let's see. I'll got anything else to say? No, let's talk uh, about some covers. No. Okay, Personally. Lisa Basange Basange Trio in two thousand two. I just can't get you out of my head. Yes. Three women named Lisa Basange. No, I'm kidding. It's one. And she works with a guy named Jacob Carlson and Andreas Lang. And they're German. They're German for Sherman. <laughs> not that German. So like, not that German. Uh, oh. This is a, uh, it's just as long as the original. It's like a real kind of soft jazzy piece. Yeah. It's um, sad. When I played this uh, for Nicole, she said it was creepy. Creepy? Ooh. Yeah. Because it comes in like no music. She's just singing la la la. It like has kind of horror movie vibes. Yeah, oh, like I a guess, little yeah. girl with like pigtails or something yeah, on yeah, a yeah. swing. Yeah. Uh, it's not super creepy overall, but there's there's parts. Um, but it yeah, just ends up kind of being like a bit jazzy and like very sparse. I guess that's the trio. Yeah, it's like singing. Sparse. There's like a bass and yeah, your big stand-up bass. Are there drums? Is there drums? No, there's piano. There's piano. Yeah, there's piano. And like that's really like that's very much it. The the some of the instruments get slightly louder throughout, but it is just very sparse and whispery. Yeah. She does have a nice voice, but. It is just, it's a bit boring. Yeah, coming from the this dance number that is just using a few simple ingredients to get you to bob your head to this, yeah, there is. It does feel like a loss. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not dancey anymore. It's definitely trying to par everything down, pare everything down, whatever, mm -hmm. um, and just go like super slow and and totally like spread out i guess because like even the piano and the bass like they're there but they're not doing a whole lot no yeah. they're like just kind of outlining things and it's i guess that's jazz 
Yeah, I mean, I prefer it to covers. some of the the over-the-top jazz covers we've talked about in the past, but, like, at the same time, eh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely strange, and it even, like, I guess it's almost trying to do, like, the opposite, because even the rhythm is hard to follow. Like, you follow the bass, and it kind of goes... Yeah, it's through like stop it's, and start. It's not like a regular bass pattern or anything. So, no, yeah, there's no discernible yeah. pattern to latch onto. Yeah, I guess I guess it's a focus on the vocals, and she seems to sing pretty well. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, uh, it's just kind of yeah. like, yeah. Greta, anything else on this one? Nah, it's just a bit of a snooze face. Yeah, that's my last note on this is, holy fuck, put me to sleep. <laughs> My last night was no further comments. No further comments. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to move into the Flaming Lips in 2003. This is off the Fight Test EP. We talked about the Flaming Lips two weeks ago. This is right around the same era as Do You Realize and Yoshimi versus the Pink Robots. Um, this one starts off very cinematic. It's yes, like it definitely film. has a cinematic feel. Yeah, it does have that like spaghetti western, uh, like Ennio Morricone kind of feel to it. Yeah, you get like with the drums because you kind of have like the cymbal like swells, but you also have that like deep like. That was not a good um, way to putting it, but like the like rumbly drums. Yeah. yeah. And the guy's voice as well, like it's he's kind of like wispyish. Yeah, it's whispery with a bit of that like strain to it. It feels a little strained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Wayne, man. Uh, Wayne Coin, baby. Um, yeah, it's it almost like takes the place of the like like high whistle sound. Right, because that's kind of how he sings. Um. But yeah, so it comes in like with that, like it's this like deep rumbly drum roll, and like the cymbals are constantly like. It's cool. Like mm-hmm. swelling, uh. But yeah, definitely got that like old school movie cinematic vibe. Um, yeah, and there's a big like. So it's this song's just big build to like a a sort of drop where then it relies on that the synth strings to bring us back up. Yes. Absolutely. Which I think is mirroring the notes of that rising and falling uh, synth from the original. But much slower. But just the rising portion. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd believe that. Uh, The the guitar also starts to do that like intense strumming. Like up, down, up, down. uh, Like like in Rotel Dorado. Yeah, again, like very Western style. Um. And then around um 150, we get this other percussion in there. Um, I don't know what it is. 150? 150. 145, it even starts to come in. Oh, yeah. That, um, I think it's a synthesizer. It sounds like a distorted woodblock, kind of. Okay, yeah. Um, it's the, I've, there's a, like, AOL studio session of them yeah. playing this. Yeah, so you do and get yeah, to it's see. two synths, the one drummer, and then uh, Wayne on the guitar and vocals. 
And yeah, so it's not like a ton of people doing this either. Like it's kind of sparse, but they just have that like big sound with the synthesizers. Yeah, kind of fills pretty, everything. Pretty up. rich. Um, My one thing, one complaint about this, yeah, is that it is too long for only including really the one uh, like stanza. Yes, when they but do the verse, those, like, like instruments, or the though. chorus, they repeat it twice. They don't do the second. They don't do the. It's more than I dare to think about. Yeah, and they don't do any of the, they don't do the, like, once you stay, and they've set up such a rich segment here already that I would have loved to see them explore a few more changes in the song. It's kind of interesting, at least for these first couple, that the original, it's not, like, super complicated. Mm-hmm. But the two versions so far have very much gone for, like, simplify even more. Yeah. And, and really, because uh, we'll get so many songs where it's like, we're just going to follow this song like note for note. And those are usually the earlier years, whereas these two yeah. ones out the gate just ran in different directions. Yeah, very much like strip as much out as we can. Um, and I, I don't know if that was like kind of a trend at the time, because this is also around the same time as like the White Stripes were coming out. Right. Uh, like kind of that simplicity, like stripped down stuff. And I don't know if maybe it was just kind of both influenced by the same thing but could be i just wonder now for you guys if they didn't put the la la's in and if you hadn't been listening to the kylie one would you have picked up that it was can't get you out of my head i know i don't think i would have the the only part i knew yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i remember like jake sent this song to me one day i was walking around perth i remember it and you sent me this cover to listen to and I think I got about 20 seconds in and I just listened to Kylie's one. But I think that's just my personal music preference. But For I sure. still think, like, if there wasn't the La La's, it, to someone who didn't know the original, they wouldn't be like, oh, it's that song. It's Kylie, bitch. Well, yeah, because other, like, especially the, with the 30-second intro, like, it's completely foreign. Yeah. To what the original is. Yeah, definitely. They did something really different. I think it's really cool how they did it. And I like all the instruments. They kind of like do little build-ups and mm-hmm. down, little build-up and bring it down. I think it's fun. Yeah. I would, I just like, like listening to it and realizing that they only do like the one round of lyrics. I just, after having heard this song quite a few times, I was like, well, that's a shame that they didn't just do it all. Yeah, try to throw some of those verses. And I also in. like how they replace a set of lalas with ooze, because that's why that's what made me think. Like, would you guys have spotted it oh, out if they just yeah. did that the whole time instead of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else on this one? Um, I mean, I also like it, but I I like the flaming lips. So like, yeah, it's kind of... you and I have a clear bias. So really, yeah. Greta, your opinion is the most interesting here. I d- I do like it. I do. Um, I, I prefer the original, but like listening to this one, like it's not painful. Yeah. This is also <laughs> like, would not bang in club. No. <laughs> Time to bring the club down. Probably. Is everybody but ready to just sit down for a while? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and Alex fucking losing our minds. <laughs> we can sit down. All right. I'll take my shoes off. <laughs> oh no get comfortable oh. um with that we're gonna talk about carmen consoli in 2003 <laughs> la, 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 la. 
Yeah, let's Yay. talk about Carmen Consoli in 2003. Carmen Consoli is an Italian singer-songwriter and apparently a big fucking deal because she's a knight of the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic. Shit. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. She but also I- formed a cover band at age 14 called Moondogs Party. What? That's a really cool band name. Yeah, dog. So, Greta, tell us what you think about positive. this version. Um, when on the original playlist, mm-hmm. the song came straight after the Lisa. The Basin Yeah, so like when this started, because it starts out really soft, and I think it's just got a little bit of piano, or is it guitar? No, it's, it's guitar. guitar. And I was like, oh god, it's going to be another sad acoustic cover, but then. Like all of a sudden it builds up and then it's like almost metal sounding when it hits the la la la's because it's like drums and yeah it's much more of a rock sound on this yeah but it's it starts out sad yeah and it's I was just, like just this oh guitar God. yeah but then I don't know like it I like her voice I like that she's a bit she's not perfected um she's a bit more shaky and like I don't know like. It's like painful, this one. Yeah, there's a bit of lo-fi elements to this. She's not really like produced. Yeah. But no, I do like it. It's just at first I was like, oh, lame. Right. Yeah. You think it's going to be Lisa again, but this time a different person. Yeah. And I like as well. I like, I don't know if Kylie did it, but she tends to finish her words quickly and then it just leaves a gap. Right. And I just feel like it gives you more like, you're just kind of hanging on in a way. And being like, what's she going to say next? Even okay. though you know, like, everyone knows the words. Yeah. Um, and just on another note, her birthday is the 4th of September. And that's the day that Steve Irwin died. So Kylie might have been the pre-cause of September 11th. Mm. But Carmen Consoli killed an Australian hero. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> Alex! Wow. Wow. Um. Yeah, this one, like just based on the album artwork, it seemed like it was just kind of gonna be like a, a like darker dance poppy thing. But no, it's like kind of heavy, like distorted, rocky sound. Like it's definitely more guitar focused than I was expecting. Um, mm-hmm. So and and like, like like you said, like it doesn't come in at first. It's playing like a acoustic or not an acoustic guitar, but like a maybe a little overdriven guitar, but a not heavily distorted or anything and then suddenly she gets into that verse i believe and then yeah and then the it just becomes like very part, heavy right? and distorted yeah and maybe it's because you get comfy as well because in the beginning part you're like nothing's gonna happen here and then it just kind of like it's a surprising slap across the face mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you get this like kind of chugging like doon, 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 like distorted rhythm guitar and then there's like a just a high pitched, like squealing guitar that comes in your right speaker. Yes. And she does like that voice shaking thing. Like it's like trembling. Yeah. Like, that also kind of maybe how you were saying, like, the, sorry, the guitar's like high, like kind of mimics that as well. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to like this one, but it gets a, it's a really like good moody rock version. Yeah. It does manage to kind of get that darkness in. Uh, there's some cool stuff cool effects too like um in the la la la's it's about like 130 something um there's like these whooshing sounds in and that kind of adds to the like cacophony of everything you get that sort of overpowering kind of just sound being there feeling that makes everything sound a little bit dark yeah 
But yeah, dark. it seems to like it's kind of goes back and forth between like that lighter guitar playing, uh, softer parts, and then just gets like really intense. So it's pretty pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then we it's a very abrupt end on this one. Just the line, your love is all I think about, and then it's just just done. Yeah. She says, like she says the words cool as well. Like I don't know, she puts her own kind of twist on even though she's got the same lyrics, she just kind of emphasizes. I thought she just had an Italian well. accent. Yeah, I wonder if that's just uh, coming from it as an Italian, just different Maybe. emphasis and a bit of an accent. Yeah. But it does sound nice. But, like, I think she's got a yeah. great voice. Um, and this one made me think, and I don't know if we've talked about this much, but we, we have definitely talked about fading out on songs. And I'm wondering if a lot of the time that's just for music videos. So you can mm. like put the credits in and like just get into the next one sort of thing. I don't know. Right. Well, it's it, partially that. Another one of purpose we've established. I guess crossfading as well between songs. Yeah, crossfading for, like, that's the original ends with a fade out because it is a dance track. Yeah. Bring in the next song. Anyway, no music video for that one, as far as I know. No music video for this one. Um, Anything else to say about this one before we move forward? Not for me. No. All right. An odd one coming up next. 2004 is Patrick and Eugene. <laughs> Yes, who seem to be a comedy group. Except um, nothing I read de- defined them as comedy. No. Well, I think um, only in like the reception section of the Wikipedia page, they were described as they were compared to Monty Python. Okay. Saying as, as uniquely British comedy. But, I mean, even if you look at it, they're a musical duo. Um, and like they're from other bands that aren't mm-hmm. or don't aren't overtly comedy bands, as far as I can tell. Yeah, Patrick Dawes is best known for his work with Groove Armada, which is more just electronic music. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I like Groove Armada. Yeah, I I like them as well. And so that was a shock for me. And then Eugene plays bass for a band called The Trudy. I don't know a lot about them. Looking at their names, I honestly thought that it was going to be. Like two characters out of a TV show, like Rick and Morty or something. Like I didn't think it was. <laughs> right, like, so you thought this was sort of like two cartoon characters in a TV show. Yeah, and that's what I picture. I picture like animated and people bopping up and down, and also as well, like I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like their voices remind me of a mixture of Sublime in a way, but also Prozac. Yeah, I note the Prozac influence. It sounds like uh, Prozac, but with an actual British person instead of a Canadian doing a British accent. <laughs> yeah. But it's... I don't know. It, it didn't as well. Like, I saw online that these guys do, like, a lot of commercial jingles and stuff. Yeah. Well, they do a lot of weird shit, I guess. So, on their Spotify about, it says they were, they became well-known for their recordings that combined 60s pop, psychedelia, Dixieland jazz, Afro-Cuban jazz, 60s reggae, the music of John Cage, and 20s pop. Which is a lot of things. Yeah. It's well, odd. It's very it like the vibes of this are very like novelty song. I will say that. Yeah, hundred percent. We've got this like polka rhythm played on uh, accordion, I believe. Yeah, and I think there is a 
a baritone sax in there. Oh, you know it's who they remind me of is that steampunk band that covered Bad Guy. Yeah, um, Cog, Cog is dead. Cog I... is dead. Yeah. Yes, kind of like that. They kind of have that sort of vibe, and also like very strong British accent. Like you can very noticeable accents. Yeah, and he kind of talks sings through this performance. Can't you? Oh, I just can't get you out of my head. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all I think about. Um, so yeah, we break into a, a break into the song with a big cymbal crash, and then it's that fast-paced like boom, polka boom, rhythm boom, on the boom, accordion, boom, 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 boom. and then it, yeah, it's accompanied by horns too, punching yeah. the the two notes there. I guess trumpets. I put trumpets there for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was a low saxophone. Okay, that's Baritone. actually probably what it is. You know what? Yeah. I was anticipating the next guys who are actually probably trombones. I'm, I, I have a terrible yeah. time naming horn instruments. The next one, yeah, I guess it is trombo. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's for the future. Oh, um, and I've noted a galloping ukulele on here as well for the rhythm. Yeah, uh, ukulele or something. Some sort of string yeah, instrument. Yeah, it's either ukulele or a mandolin. Sometimes they can sound similar. Right. Um, they also, when they come in, well, they come in with their la-la-las. It's all like falsetto. So that's kind of, to me, it, it feels like, a, like it's a joke. Vibe. Like they're having yeah. fun with this. It's a send-up, I guess, is the, is the way I yeah. would say it. Um, and like, they're all false, yeah, all falsetto on the la-la-las and like with banging a tambourine when that comes in. La-la-la, la-la. So it's, It could yeah. be like it's, it's a soundtrack for like version. a montage in a movie. Yeah, a comedy movie. Apparently, it's in comedy movies. Uh, apparently, their music, or not this version, but apparently, their music is in Burn After Reading, which I uh, have yeah. not seen in a long time and don't remember. Yeah, I that. saw it in theaters when it came out. I haven't seen it since. Hey, I was with you. Hey. Cool. Weird. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this one's that, that comedy energy. We get some sax that starts ripping like near the end of the song. Yes, there's a sax solo, like, about three minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a, we get a, a variation between either British guy talking, singing, or some high-pitched, set me free. You know, dudes doing falsetto. Is that mm-hmm. Eugene singing? Do they, wait, is there a certain person that sings in it? Out I'm of not sure. Eugene? Picture Patrick to be the... <laughs> yeah, I picture Patrick to be deep. <laughs> Yeah. And Eugene's the, the kid underwater one. Um Yeah, it's like it's like a fun kind of send up version. Um it does similarly to the original, kind of because of the way it does the rhythm, has that alternating focus on like the downbeat and the backbeat sort of thing, passing it back and forth between instruments. So it's it's yeah. kind of faithful to the original in that way. It's just a very different feeling. Uh but ultimately yeah, it really it, moves it into this yeah. field. Yeah, and then ultimately it it is like kind of an ironic appreciation, I think, of the of the original version. It's hard to deny that. Yeah, I think like that's where it, that's where the comedy comes from. But it's not. Yeah, it's like here's that here's that song well you like enough. so much, done pretty faithfully. But now it's you know it's polka. It's it's goofy. Goofy. And it's funny because they're probably two big hairy dudes doing a song sang by a you know a tiny little attractive Australian woman. Yeah, <laughs> let's imagine big hairy dudes for a moment. Well, 
I'm thinking of like I'm picturing basically Hagrid and like Reggie Watts. Hagrid and Reggie, Reggie Watts. Watts. <laughs> so this is Hagrid and Reggie Watts performing that's, this that's song. That's a, a band I would listen to, except maybe not. I don't know. No, I'd probably give them a listen. I feel like uh, if I something... heard that was happening, I would definitely check them out at least once. Um, he's done a lot of things. Reggie Watts is the, he's currently the band leader for, uh, whatever it is, The Late Show with James Corden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how long he's been that, but yeah, they're there together. James Corden. Yeah, he is a dick. The Late Late Show, that's what it is. <laughs> I used to do, I don't know if he still does comedy bang bang, but he used to do it. He does some other shit too. Funny guy. Yeah. He's a funny guy, he does funny things. Um, funny anything guy. else to say about Patrick and Eugene? No. Nah. All right, let's talk about Trombo Combo in 2005. Who, to the best of my knowledge, is not named after the phrase Blombo Combo. Seems like not quite the right time frame, but I'm not sure. Well, yeah, these guys are all Swedish, I believe. Swedish, and this is 2005. The Wombo Combo term originated in 2008. Apparently, the term Wombo Combo itself is named after a pizza from Round Table Pizza. So the original Wombo Combo may have existed at this time, but it wouldn't have been associated with Super Smash Bros. Swedish play. I don't think I don't think Round Table Pizza was a Swedish chain. So I I would expect it to not be. It's apparently one in in uh, oh, Atlanta, Georgia, is where it originated. I mean, it's definitely an English name. We we got two of them out here in Vancouver, at least in Richmond. Hmm. Go to a round table pizza. I don't know. They got a wombo combo there. Time to get a wombo combo. <laughs> wombo combo. Yeah. So I spent most of my <laughs> right. time researching that. All I can find combo. on these guys. <laughs> yeah. There's not much on them. They have one album on Spotify and like not much info. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they've been featured on Swedish like compilation albums, which is where I'm, ah, I'm pulling that they're Swedish. Right. From. Yes. Yeah. They seem to be Swedish. Um, this one it opens like with some organ. There's yeah. kind of two keys on this. There's an organ sound and then like a a clav sound or possibly like a harpsichord. I think I've I seen harpsichord. <laughs> that doesn't seem to be a real instrument, but I think it's kind of a combination between those two things. That um, you can play electronically. <laughs> Clarpsichord. <laughs> yeah, it's a Clarpsichord. Um, <laughs> and then they kind of come in with that, like playing chords, like da 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 da, and then uh, da, 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 bass. Da. There's like a bass. Yeah, that run. walk down. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the when the horns come in, which is presumably are trombones, like you said. This is trombo combo. Trombo combo. <laughs> It's fun to say. But yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's trombones featured in this. Um, Credit, you just mentioned that you think the intro was your favorite part of this. Yeah, because it's just fun. And it reminds me of like a beach in the 90s or something. Okay. I don't know why, but it's just got like mm. that kind of like dry heat kind of sound to it. Now, I see, in the 90s, the only beach I went to was like Gull Lake in alberta so we probably have different definitions of beaches in the 90s but oh we we definitely do whatever but yeah i definitely like the beginning um but and i like the instruments of it yeah i like the tone on that bass and i love it it's very bass sounds cool cool. 
And then it just kind of settles down into a groove, which is fine. But me, I would have loved to seen it play out a little more. It's quite classy sounding. It's quite, I feel like it's probably maybe the most seductive cover in a way. Just because she's got the real soft voice, but the instruments are quite smooth yeah it's very it's it's a more uh like upfront jazz approach compared to lisa basenge yeah yeah Yeah, i would say the vocals are like actually fairly similar to the originals stylistically because they sort of got that airiness to them Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it really stays in that like kind of jazz feeling where you get those like organ chords but it's a little more a little more upbeat definitely yeah i could maybe Mm. dance to this Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, if you're in like the right place. I feel it. like if you're in South America, somewhere like if you're in Cuba or something, drinking rum and ice and you're in a hot sweetie club, Patrick Swayze's there. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could dance. We're all to it, dead, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um yes. Uh so that's that's kind of the big parts. There's some horns that come in on this one as well. Yep. Yep. They sort of fill out the space. Yeah, those would be the trombones. Like, I, I see mixture that already, Alex. Yeah, at least trombones. Um, I mean, it could be more horns. It's always so hard to tell. So There's some horns. Kind of combo There's more than one trombones. horn mm-hmm. playing. And they play sometimes. And they do like a... Sometimes it's just like... Mm-hmm, like they're kind of like smooth, you know? Yeah. You know what? This gave me just an inkling of vibes of like older James Bond tunes. Or they might get a little bit of horn action. The very end of this is kind of mm-hmm. spy cordy. It's like yeah, four ten or something. And even the there's a string synth that's kind of risen up, and that's it's risen to a, a pitch that seems very spyish to me. Yeah. Plus, you get the like kind of wah on the. There's like a wah sound on guitar. I'm oh gonna yeah. Say. Like this does kind of have that. Um, fuck, what was his name? Uh, uh it's oh, John, 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 something. I'm blanking. Fuck, I'm blank here. I, I got, I'm gonna roll for John Barry. Here. That's it. The like John Barry orchestra feel to it. Oh, yeah, I hear that wall on the guitar there. Yeah, so there's elements definitely that that have that are a little bond in this one for sure. Yeah, jazz forward with a little bond at the fringe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we got some horny whispers from her. We get some <laughs> horny whispers. Horny whispers. So now, I mean, this just makes me want to hear Shirley Bassey perform this song. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yes, and I agree. Indeed, I think that's all I've got for this one. Anybody else? I feel like it's yeah, pretty if this, easy this, to if this was a Bond song, this is how it would be. This is how it would be, or could be. Well, let let's take things back to basics with the the great <laughs> basics in two thousand seven. <laughs> 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 Basic. These, these six With fellas are a Danish vocal pop group. Yeah. Um, their website is down. Or it was yeah. when I looked it up. Um, yeah, they... I 
didn't really find a description of them directly. I kind of thought they were acapella at first, but that doesn't quite describe them. Though it's kind of acapella adjacent. It's very like vocal focused. Lots of harmonies. They yeah. make acapella like sounds. Yeah. Uh, so you get some of those awful like vocalized rhythms in this one. It's this goon king goon king goon. Yeah, there's a guy who says king king a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I did, um, okay, if yeah. you go about 14 seconds in, it sounds like someone says, Dad? Yeah, it does! It must be, like, Danish. Something in Danish that means something. But yeah, it just sounds like someone's like, Dad? Dad? Yep, good time. Good time there. Um, you can hear it? Hear it? Here, I'll, I'll pop the volume here for a second. Uh, yeah. Are they saying, like, is it, like, clap or something, maybe? Yeah, it's, or it's gotta be, like, like yeah. Dad? Is it? It's an annoying version. Like it. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, you'll get no argument from me. Well, I, I, I almost feel like Anna Kendrick could have done it better. But like. Oh, you're right. It is sort of in the vein of Pitch Perfect, but with six dudes. Yeah, oh, and like because they would have had that chick that like... does like the beatboxing. Like she could have done that. You yeah. Know? I just feel like. I don't know. And it does open with like it sounds like a choir of some kind. Yeah, doing the la la las, like a or children's like, choir. Yeah, There's like actually they're kind a of away from the mic at least. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I didn't actually look into it, but there's a version of it by those those guys who just do like children's choir versions. We've talked about them twice. They did Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. I I don't think those are children's something else. choirs, but they're were a they, choir. Were they children? Were they women's they're choirs? Like women's choir, yeah. Yeah, and so that they, this choir sounds like that, and they do have a version of this. So part of me wonders if they just sampled that, but I don't think they did. I just yeah, I don't think it to be like the audience Danish. saying like the mm-hmm. la la's or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a live recording, but I feel like that's the sense because they start off of cheering. And yeah, stuff. it feels live. Yeah. Maybe manufactured live. Yeah, but um, it um, really get... overall feels very like like vocal R and B. It reminds me of like in sync and stuff. Right, or like uh, boys yeah. to men. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. You guys agree with boys to men more than NSYNC? Boys to men are more like R&B, though. Like well, yeah, and they, but, but, and they are a, a vocal pop group or like acapella focused. Are they? Yeah. yeah. I think Just distracted by their smooth voices. Ending out roses. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the La La La's are high-pitched on this. Um, those Those... Those rhythm vocals just insufferable. Yeah, it's kind of weird because they definitely have like a uh, like drum machine of some sort, but they also decided to do some. Like they have a guy who's like shit. They have like six guys or something like that. Yeah, like it's it's a fairly large group. One, two, yeah, there's six of them. So you know, not everybody can sing the the main melody. So they gotta put them somewhere. But it seems like maybe they have too many guys. Yeah, and they're like the, the the drum machine is trying to do this very almost like '90s hip hop kind of rhythm, right? Sounds like there's a lot of like record scratching of some kind in there. They, yeah, they have record scratches. That's, That's why I think more of InSync because mm. they do like a breakdown of one of their songs and they okay like Justin Timberlake gets in and he does the like kind of thing. I feel like these guys would be super serious though. Like I feel like they would compete in like acapella tournaments. Oh, for sure. They're probably and, like a Danish treasure or something. And they would probably like on them. Yeah, they're probably push also knighted, huh? downstairs. 
Yeah, they're definitely Danish knights. <laughs> um, they also, the way they sing the, like, won't you stay line is very, like, light and delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of have a build afterwards, because when they get to the ever and ever, they start to, like, bring more voices in and, like, really build for the last one. So it's, like, very mm-hmm. loud on the last one. Last f- ever and ever and ever. Like, yeah. Ever! Yeah. But like, um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of it. It's very it's, like it's, if you want a really vocal focused version, go for this one because that's what it is. Yeah, it's one of those weird like overproduced acapella pieces that is an acapella, and it's I don't care for any of it. Yeah. <laughs> With that, we're gonna talk about Andrew Holdsworth in 2014, a London-based ballet pianist and producer who's worked with The Cure, Napalm Death, and Joe Jackson among others. Yeah, uh, he sounds like a guy who we could have gone to high school with. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like like I knew Holdsworths growing up. I'm like, yeah, mm. this is just a guy who like lived down the street or something. But sounds no. like it could be like a a gentleman wrestler's name back yeah. in the early <laughs> 1900s. Holds people. Um, oh, Mr. Holdsworth. Yeah, he's like an established professional music musician and engineer. Like it's okay. Yeah. Um, um, this is off an album called Reimagined for Ballet Class. Yeah, it's definitely like ballet vibes. He's yeah, the way it reminds he, me like, of the game Monaco. Yes, it feels like uh, who does that soundtrack? Um, anyway, it feels like yeah, that, particularly yeah. like the fifty-three second mark where it gets into the the vocal pattern. Like that's what that game is all about. Austin Wintry. yeah, Austin is Wintry. the composer of that game. Yeah, it it has a feel like that. The like quick. Um, piano chords, um, and like fast playing. So this is like mm-hmm. it. It I've attempted, but then stopped uh, uh, trying to learn these like piano arrangements for songs that are like virtuoso arrangements. Because I learned what virtuoso meant. Uh, mm. So I stopped trying to learn them because it means very, very good at an instrument. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like very good, like top one percent kind of thing but um oh hot damn it kind of has that feel to it where it's he's like playing the main melody and playing all the main parts and then there's a whole bunch of other like flourishes and ornamentation in between yeah it's uh it reminds me to an extent of uh what is it peter bentz yes little pete bentz i want to say pete but it's probably peter yeah i think it is pete bentz i'm thinking of pete best i feel like i feel you're maybe i don't know let me in any case, yeah, similar to that. Not quite as, I mean, we re- I really Peter enjoyed Prince his stuff. Um, maybe don't enjoy this quite as much, but I think it's a pretty solid arrangement, especially considering it's just on like, put this in your CD player at ballet class, the album. Like, it, yeah, like it never had to be as good as it is, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun and like upbeat. Yeah, and I feel like you just. I feel like I would want to walk around on like with a purpose and achieve something while listening to this. Yeah, it's like, got a real drive behind it. Dance ballet. Yeah. It makes me want to learn piano, but at the same time, I know that this would be difficult. Yeah, approaching <laughs> your virtuoso. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's um, actually it, like virtuoso level playing, but it definitely has kind of that feeling of very like ornamented mm. music. 
And I still sing along in my head the lyrics though as well. I'm just, my only critique is that it almost feels like it's just too short. Like it's over too quickly. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's not that long at all. Fast. Like it's, is a minute and 50 seconds of ballet, a lot of ballet. I, I'd yeah, say no. I don't know. Like I would expect yeah. it to last longer, but no. And then the question is for a ballet audience, how long are they going to tolerate a pop classic as a ballet piece? It could be for like, hopefully you know, longer than a minute ballet. and 49 seconds. Well, let's see here. We've got on the seconds. same album. Um, I'm going to pick songs that mm-hmm. I know. Billy Jean only lasts a minute and 14 seconds. Dancing in the Moonlight doesn't even hit two minutes. What? Um, oh, it looks like. Just want to have fun is 2.12. They all, there's like brackets afterwards. They all seem to be four like different possibly exercises. This one says pirouettes one, pirouettes oh, two. okay. So it's like a minute 50 seconds of like, I don't know. What's well, this it does one say called? ballet class specifically. Batum, yeah. So it's not like performance. It's right, like, so these are meant to be sort of like training music, and it appeals to to the the younger generation taking class, presumably. Yeah. So you can have Cannonball and Ghostbusters. I mean, uh, smells like Teen Spirit goes for just about five minutes. What is that even as long as the original? Um, I feel like the original is shorter than that. Grand Allegro two. Oh no. The original Anarchy is, in the uh, UK. 20 seconds longer. Yeah, baby. I like how the A in YMCA is lowercase. Um, why did you have to go? But I mean, yeah, case? ultimately, anyway, I threw this song in because it was, you know, it was short and a bit of a novelty. But right. I, th- I think it was pretty good. It's uh, like, yeah, as pretty as decent instrumental go. version. Anything else before we move on? It's a nice cover. All right. Well, let's talk about our last cover in the year 2020 by Martin Thulin. Martin Thulin is a Swedish guy. Apparently, he now is based out of Mexico City. Uh, He's in a band called Exploded View, and that's all I know about him. Yeah, that's all I got as well. Greta, take it away. I like this one. Oh, wait. What are you playing? Sorry, I'm playing both sides. I I was stuck on the the Andrew Holdsworth album. This one I really like, and I think it's because it sounds like like a fun Halloween party and he's Ooh. like i like his voice he's like won't you right yeah he's going low he knows he's a dude and is not gonna do some whispery shit yeah but even like i don't know just like how he delivers it i think it's cool and i think it's different and i think the music as well it's maybe it's like another video game and like a hard level like like it's it's suspenseful i like it yeah it in that simplicity of the arrangement you can definitely get some video game vibes yeah, yeah i really like that like opening synthesizer like bassy sound it's like really echoey kind of yeah like glassy uh, echoey bassy synthesizer yeah. and, like that is a really cool sound but i don't know yeah super yeah. cool and then like it comes in with we- some other percussion and like like this wood block thing and yeah, it all sounds like really cool. And when he does that, won't you stay? And the music's like, brum, 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 oh yeah, brum, you get like brum, a brum. disco rhythm on yes. the, the bass. But it's all, it's like dark disco because the whole thing stays yeah. like pretty yeah. dark. Um, but I really liked this one too. I 
I thought like overall very cool sounds. Played it for my parents yesterday. They didn't like it as much, but <laughs> right. I did. It's just it's just very different. Like a lot of the covers are different. To be fair, they're not all like replicas of each other, but like this is another unique one. Yeah, this is but this is different dance, which very few have tried to take on dance unless you argue the ballet dance cover, but yeah. right. Like this, this club kind of dance. Like this could still play in a club. Yeah, this kind of Halloween is like party. a modernization yeah. of it. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, it's twenty twenty. There's a lot more like modern tricks being used. Yeah, and also um, the like synth production is a lot denser. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like there's more layers to it, but that's more your element, Alex. Eh. Kind of. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was just like different things lived on each other. Like, yes, it has a lot of a lot of synth layers, particularly later on. Um, uh, just before three minutes, there's like another la 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 section, and at that point, there's like a ton of like cacophony coming in, and everything's echoing and like reverberating off of things. And so, yeah, it it has a lot of that like noise, which, as I believe I mentioned earlier in the episode, can kind of make things feel dark and chaotic. So it really uses that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like like synth noises that'll just kind of come in throughout and do a little like echoey space bit and then leave. We get this like high one that kind of does that like it's just like spooky sounds. Like Greta, you're really on the mark here with Halloween music. It goes like Yeah. yeah. But I think it's yeah. Yeah, and the distorted spooky vocals, like this is a good like dark dance cover. And I like it. For sure. Um I found this creepy TikTok video uh-huh. with this playing, the song playing, and it was so weird. And it was only like ten seconds long. And like the very first second is it's in like a like a club or something. There's like a dance floor and there's like a mirror ball. And then it's like a selfie of this guy, but it's upside down and he's moving his head really creepy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the camera's the right way around and he's got like an animal face mask on. And then it pans around like what looks like his bedroom. And it like kind of goes over his curtains and it looks like these fairy lights or something pulsing. And then in the very last part of the video, you're looking down at a toilet and it's flushing, but the water in it is like a pink galaxy. And this whole journey happens in like 10 seconds. It's so quick. Jesus. But like, this is, maybe this is why I think it's creepy because it was such a, like, I don't even know what the purpose was of that TikTok. I mean, in comparison, a TikTok for the original song is just a dog in a car nodding its head along to the song. Oh, cute. (laughs) I think if you look up, if you Google dog vibing to, to Kylie, it comes up. Anyway, anything else to say about this cover before we go into our final verdicts? I liked it. Um, this that, one Alex? I also can't have like that dance it. along to. You liked it, me too. You can't yeah. help but dance to it. Yeah, especially when it does the "Won't You Stay." I feel like you want to do like little finger clicks and like bend down. Oh and yeah, you want to get into shimmy it. Shimmy with it or something. Right on. With that, we're gonna get into our final verdicts: worst version, best version, and the best dance version. Again, using that chestnut category. All right, um, Alex, take it away. Worst version. Why? Worst version. Why? Why? Why indeed? Why? Um, honestly. It was probably Lisa Basenge. Um, 
I it was just like so sparse and it it just didn't really do anything for me. Like there's nothing to grasp onto. By the time you almost grasp something, it was just gone and there was nothing and it just kind of slips through your fingers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I agree with that and we'll also mark it as the worst version. It's just like like Trombo Combo is a better jazz version and it leaves Lisa Bassange with no interesting features. Greta. I'm exactly the same. Like oh. it's just a sleepy time song, but it's not even a fun sleepy time song. Like it's just there's nothing stimulating yeah, about like it. Yeah, you forget it's on if you leave it in the background. You're like, yeah. "Wait a second. What's going on here?" And then all the right, music cloud raw unanimous. Uh, Alex, best version. Why? Are we unanimous again? I think it's Martin Thulin. I like the sounds it made. I thought it was a good arrangement. It updated it, and uh, it was cool. Hell yeah. Greta. I'm the same. I, I see that it's very unique, and it's interesting, and I still want to dance along to it. Um, I did note that a very close second was the Flaming Lips, just because that had like a lot of different instruments, I feel, and a lot of different build-up points. Mm-hmm. But the, the Martin Thulin one is... It's a creepy banger. Yeah. I, I think the Martin Thulin one, it, it takes it, translates it into a different dance context successfully. And that's, that's kind of a, a dangerous move remaining mm-hmm. in the realm of dance with this song, which does its job of being a dance song so goddamn well that trying to make a different version of that seems yeah. crazy. But yeah, like the sounds going on in there, just very cool. It's got a very cool feeling. I, yeah, I also like, I love the Flaming Lips version. Love the soundscape they set up. I wish they would have done a, a fuller version, but I still love it for what it is. Yeah, and like honestly, a lot of the versions I liked at least parts. Of, like Flaming Lips, Carmen Consoli, Patrick. And yeah, Eugene, I like Carmen Trombo Consoli Combo, too. Like, yeah, Andrew Holdsworth. They all like did some pretty good stuff. It's just this version kind of took it the extra mile or whatever distance. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just hit it right. Like yeah. it found the right angle. Had the X factor. That X factor. Ah. Um, with that, we're going to move to the third category. Alex, best dance track. Best dance track. Um, Andrew Holdsworth, but ballet dancing. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. Makes sense. Greta, best dance track. I'm going to go with Martin again. Martin again. Yeah. Good choice. I'm going to go with Patrick and Eugene, baby. No, really? Yeah, a little bit of that polka energy. that's some white folk dancing music. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even know how to dance to that. You kind of just move up and down. Is it is it dancing or just doing squats? <laughs> yeah, you can offset. If you have two people, you can offset, and one person goes down, and the other person goes up, and you just go boom, boom, boom. Ooh, boom, you could get a whole boom, line of people boom. standing one in front of the other and do it. Yeah, see, now you're thinking about okay. it. Yeah. But still. You have a ton of people, make like a checkerboard and just alternate. Boom, bang, boom. <laughs> Perfect. It only makes sense um, from above. That's been our final verdict. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, like the Kylie Minogue orchestral cover or the Peking Duck version, then hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMoviePod, at Jake DeCressy, at some Alex Wise guy. Um, you can send things along to me. I'll tell Greta about them. Uh, you can also email us at CoverMoviePod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, or any, 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 anything, really. Just talk to us. Rate us. Review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting apps. Tell your friends about us. Please. We're so lonely. Our listens have gone down. Aww. And we're sad about it. It's partly my fault. I've stopped listening. That would account for, <laughs> like, four listens a month. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I'll start listening to it to hear your voice. There you go. 
And with that, we're going to jump to our bonus segment. This week and last week, we've been talking about dance songs. So my question to you two is, what's the what's one song that, what's, what's your number one dance track? What's going to get you to the dance floor every time it comes on? Oh, it's a bit hard to say no to a good old Whitney. I want to dance with somebody. Oh, yeah. Classic. It's a good one. And it's a good sing-along one. You need to sing while you're dancing as oh, well. Oh, yeah. That's always a party starter. There's so many, though. So many. Um, I feel like, I don't know if it's the number one for me, but September by Earth, Wind, and Fire is like everybody one. can get in on that. <laughs> I don't know. One time we were at a party and we put that on and this bitchy chick came over and turned it off and glared at us. I know. Without She's saying no anything? And this wasn't even when we were twins. This was like two years ago. Like she's old enough to know better. She wasn't impressed. She's no good. She did she say anything or she just turned it off? She just turned it off. And then she told us that we had to stop sitting where we were because she wanted to have a dance floor and then all of her basic friends stood there and just talked and looked at their phones. Boo. I know. Cow. What about you, Alex? <laughs> uh, okay. I um it's only been like two years since I decided I actually like dancing. So, <laughs> um, Andrew Holdsworth? So, I don't know exactly a song that like I couldn't refuse dancing to. Um, but I, w- on principle, try not to refuse dancing. Um, but what I'm going to steal like... Wills. And that is When that? Doves Cry by Prince. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Like, I was going to say, what about the Macarena? At least it tells you how to dance, kind of. Well, yeah, but it it's, tell it's, you. it's too fast. It's too fast. I can't think that fast. <laughs> really? What about the cha-cha slide? Slide to the left. Yeah, like I can't, I can't like, um, like salsa. Okay. Okay, too that's fair. Fast moves. Or is it? No, that's... what's the one? What's the fast one? I can't remember. Don't worry about it. What about so... Four Simple Words by Frank Turner? Does that count? Um, I feel I like that usually gets a mosh going. Yeah, that's like that's like a mosh situation. But then near the end, you get a you get a little slow dance circle. True. Um, I guess you can also like a lot of ska makes you want to skank, you know. That's true. A lot of skanking. Um, but is there a particular song that I that I couldn't not skank to? Not yet. Maybe one day. Not yet. I haven't found it yet. Maybe, what if you tried a different genre? What if you did Get Low by the Yin Yang Twins, Alex? Mm. Did you slut drop? Um, <laughs> I, I might have to practice first. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a workout, actually. It's a bit of a yeah. workout. I think I just have, you know what, Canned Heat by Jamiroquai? <laughs> oh, that's, that's that tough to say no to. That, that's a tough one to say. That's the one from Napoleon Dynamite. We you were talking about that song. Maybe this isn't for the podcast. We were talking about that after you um, left on Friday because it came oh. up. Because the on your there's September a new... radio. What? I, I, on the twenty first of September, I was listening to Spotify. Yes. September yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio. It was September it radio. On there. It was absolutely September radio. That's I what we were listening to. Because we watched the videos. We watched the September videos because not everyone had seen them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love those. They're great. They were great. Um, so that's our talk about dance songs. You want to hit us up with your favorite dance song? Hashtag Let's Dance. Ooh. Um, that's it. That's the show. That's the bonus segment. And as we always say more. on Cover Me, don't leave Cover Me locked in your heart.